Hello, welcome to another episode of Lie, Cheat, and Steal, a podcast about liars, frauds, thieves, and bullshitters. I'm your host, Pat Soroyce. With me, as always, my co-host, Kath Barbadoro. Kath, how you doing? Pat, I'm uh, I'm doing good. It's uh, it's a very exciting day here in New York because we are getting hit with our first snowstorm of the year, oh. which is uh, very fun. I mean, it it's depending on what your job is and where you live, maybe less fun. But for me, yeah. in my uh, nice heated fourth floor apartment, who doesn't have a driveway to shovel or anything or a yeah. car to drive, <laughs> I'm pretty into it. I'm pretty excited. Um, it's getting real cozy here. Uh, the snow is is softly falling. So I, you know, I knew it was going to start snowing at like four o'clock. And uh, so earlier today, I went to the grocery store and I got some stuff. I was like, I want to make some like real nice winter comfort food. So I decided to make this um, <clears throat> Sicilian pizza that I've had a few times. It's like Ooh. a, it's called Sfincioni and it's like a focaccia bread with a tomato sauce that has anchovies in it and then a, oh, li- a little bit of cheese and a little bit of breadcrumbs on the top it's so Ooh, good hello yeah it sounds good yeah so i was like all excited and so i had i like made i i got my dough set up i have it in the fridge it's rising i have this like amazing smelling tomato sauce on the stove and i'm getting all cozy and then we're about to record the podcast like we were, we were going to record at five and at like 4.55, I go into the kitchen to turn off the simmering sauce so it'll cool while we're recording. And I had had the burner up too high <laughs> oh, and shit. it like half the sauce was all over my kitchen, oh, just no. like a crime scene. Just so <laughs> bad. Oh, so, man. Yeah, it was it was definitely like not the sort of uh, domestic bliss that I was hoping for while, yeah. while the snowstorm was going on. But at least you know what it got me to clean my stovetop. So yeah, you go, yes, yeah. You sometimes know. sometimes it's the, the stove has to make it make magic happen to make you clean it. You know? <laughs> Man, exactly. It, it was it was sending me a message. Do you um, still but thankfully? I have enough sauce for the pizza. That was so. my question. I was, about, I was, I was like, yes. like, hold on, let's get back. Is there enough sauce for the pizza? Like, <laughs> Don't worry. There is still enough sauce for the pizza. And it cooked down real nice and thick. So, like, not Ooh, it's going to yeah. be fine. Not a problem. Nice. Uh, nice. Just a, a momentary crisis before recording. But, yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I had, a, I had a kitchen crisis this morning, too. I started out this morning burning my hand trying to make um, uh, fr- uh, coffee in a French press, which ah, I've mm-hmm. done before. And not burn my hand, and <laughs> this time I, I I was just holding the thing and like I, I was just pouring it straight out of like a regular ass pot, and I was mm-hmm. like, and you had your hand on it, and then I had my hand on it, but I was trying to do this thing. You know, something when you pour out of a pot, it like does the thing where it starts running down the side of the pot. Oh, mm-hmm. first, it doesn't get into the container. Yep. So I moved forward to compensate for that right on my knuckles. And oh. uh, yeah, the good side, though, I was after I was done, I, I was I was alert and I was up and I was ready to start the day. So yeah, <laughs> that'll do it. That'll absolutely yeah. do it. I didn't even um. make the coffee. So <laughs> I, I'm, I'm still repping like I'm a true Northeasterner. Like I loved living in Texas, but I am I am truly a New Englander. And I know that because I got iced coffee today. Oh, right really? before it, it's just, and I you know what? I got iced coffee today and I sat outside and drank it. That's, oh, that's how what's, just flexing on that, I am. Flexing on the cold. You're like, bitch, I'm from New Hampshire. Bring it. Like, yeah. <laughs> it was it was great. That's what's um, up. Well, uh, our story today, let's see, I think I have a tie-in. Our story today uh, is about a man who was from a warm place who then became famous in a cold place. Uh, (laughs) Wow, that was was really good. I like that. 
I know everyone clearly knows who I'm talking about. Yeah, from obviously. That yeah. Oh yeah, the old old warm and cold guy. I know. <laughs> Uh, I am talking today about football player Manti Te'o. Do you know him? Oh, woo, 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 woo. yeah, I know Manti Te'o. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm aware. Yeah, I'm aware okay. of the guy. Yeah. yeah, I mean, this is like, this was one of the early kind of scam stories that really captured my attention. Uh, this was kind of the beginning of my my interest in, in stuff like this. Cause this happened like 2012, 2013. Yeah. And, uh, th- I mean, I feel like I do a lot of these stories cause I just, I never get tired of stories of people pretending to be someone they're not on the internet. I yeah, just think it, it is one of the, like the, just the great joys of the modern age. It's just timeless. It just, it, it makes me happy every time I hear one. Although this has like a lot of pathos to it. This story, um, it has kind of a bittersweet ending, uh, but it, it really was... I remember reading about it while it was going on, and it was just fascinating to me. Yeah. So um, while it while it is not topical, there is a, a recent update that I, I will give at the end that I think will be will be nice for everybody. So, okay, um, good to hear, good to hear. Yeah, so uh, I, 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 I don't know what our demographics of listeners are. Um, I, I think maybe people who are maybe a little younger than us and people who don't know about sports might not know about the story, but this is a pretty pretty famous one, at least for people to have the uh, bare outline of. So hopefully I oh, can yeah. give you some more, some more info. Um, but yeah, so Manti Te'o, he's a famous football player. Um, he was born in Hawaii in 1991 to a large Mormon Samoan family. He has five siblings. Now, um, was it, was it large, he, like, numerically, or also just a large <laughs> Samoan family? Both. <laughs> yeah. uh, it's always both with the Samoans. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I grew up I in Clean, Texas, has a huge, like, Samoan community. And, oh, really? Oh, man, yeah, it, it, it's, uh, those are, A, some of the coolest people I've ever partied with. The thing about the ukulele is so true. Like, you can, like... <laughs> Two or three beers, beers in at a at a party, and it's like one guy breaks out the uke, as they call it, and the other guy's like, "Hey, fuck it, brother, I'm gonna go to my." And they have his his, his in his car, and he goes and Hell gets yeah. it. Yeah, it's a it's a it's a fun crowd, and they are substantial people. They are large. Yeah, I I don't really follow football, but I know um, about sort of the large athletic Samoan dynasty families from wrestling. There are quite a few. Yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah famous wrestling families and uh i'm actually really interested to see how this goes because i think that i think it's a community that not a ton of people who are not samoan know a lot about and i know um the rock is producing a sitcom about his childhood right now which i think could be really cool um, oh that's really tight yeah that is cool man yeah because i remember like like i when i worked at the pawn shop one of my assistant managers her husband was uh was a, a guamanian and guamanian samoan uh, community mm-hmm. tend to overlap quite a bit and uh the, his his like family ran like the the dance troupe for like the like the islander pacific islander dance troupe so oh, every cool. time we had yeah every time we had like a big thing at the pawn shop where we wanted like customers to come in they'd perform in the parking lot and then they would they would also cook and like oh my god just that's like, rad yeah pork that they would cook like underground for like five hours and then like it was all covered in pineapples and yeah yeah just they, falling apart tender so good oh yeah real stuff real real good stuff <laughs> so yeah that's like that's kind of the family that uh manti teo was born into although minus the sort of partying that you're talking about because they were mormon so oh, of course yeah pretty straight laced um but definitely very uh, athletic family um his siblings all played sports he was a great football player right from kind of the beginning. He went to a, a private school in Honolulu and, and was like a star uh, football player there. Um, 
He received offers from over 30 college programs um, when he was applying to colleges. And again, like to kind of make clear how important and central his religion is to him. Um, he, he gave interviews where he said he decided to go to Notre Dame where he ended up playing, um, after praying on it. So like, you know, he was offered, he was offered a ton of, of opportunities. BYU, uh, I was going to say, I was going to ask about BYU because it just seems like that, that's going to be like, maybe like Disneyland for that guy. Right. I mean, they offered him BYU, but he said he prayed on it and he was going to go to Notre Dame, even though it's Catholic. So um, yeah, he said, I prayed about it and everything po- pointed towards Notre Dame. Notre Dame is where I came because I felt that I was directed there. So he starts at Notre Dame in 2009. Um, fun fact, his very first collegiate tackle uh, was of Colin Kaepernick in a game versus Nevada. Oh, so, wow. Small world. Yeah, small, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that guy. All right. Yeah. Yeah, so and I don't think I've said yet, but he's a he's a lineman, I believe. I don't know yeah. a lot about football, but it, it'll come up anyway. Yeah. So um, I know it's written in my notes what he is. I'm pretty sure he's a lineman. Well, he has, um, uh, he's on the offensive line. Yeah. Yeah. Great. Thanks, Pat. <laughs> <laughs> so um, yeah, he's a standout player throughout his college career. He wins all of these awards. He's like one of the most decorated college football players in history. Um, another sort of small world thing for any of our listeners who were in Texas around this time. Um, he is a contender for the Heisman Trophy, but he lost it to Johnny Football. Oh, <laughs> That's who wow. won that year. <laughs> Upstanding moral character Johnny Football. Johnny Football, who if if you don't follow football and you listen to this podcast, my as a non-football fan, my association with Johnny Football, he was, uh, he was at A&M, right? Yep. Okay, yeah. So he's yeah. the AM quarterback. And what I remember him for as an Austin resident was he was busted partying at a UT frat uh, <laughs> and got arrested <laughs> because he was like hammered. And UT and AM are like bitter rivals. Yeah, yeah, extremely. yeah. <laughs> and so he just like rolled up to a frat party at UT and got hammered, and someone called the cops on them. Oh, and uh, he's, a, he's a troubled soul. He, yeah, uh, he really He, he peaked is. early. Yeah. <laughs> Right, like, like, I think the only thing worse than peaking in high school is peaking right out of high school. <laughs> just, especially <laughs> on a national level, like peaking yeah. that hard where everybody knows it. And then like, that's your thing forever. His name is Johnny Manziel. That's his real yeah. name. But everybody called him Johnny Football. Man, yeah. did, did, and like, also he like, like stumbled into like a friendship with Drake. That kind of like, I think. I uh, think so. Yeah, it heightened his profile. <laughs> yeah. Man, that's, that's. Yeah. Uh, that's very funny. I man, the Heisman. I remember the the RG three when he eventually won the Heisman. Robert Griffin the third. He's from he went he went to my high school. He's from Coppers Cove, mm-hmm. and uh, my friend who bless his heart is a uh, pretty devout religious guy. Uh, was telling us that because he he went to the same church as RG three, and he said that the night they were deciding the Heisman, he was like, bro. He was like, uh, he was in third place for contention. He was like, we prayed all night. He's like, he, he, we woke up and he was in first place. And I was like, well, good job, man. <laughs> <laughs> that was definitely you. Yeah, 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 yeah. You had a lot to do with that Heisman Trophy. And I, I want to thank <laughs> you for that. So do you watch college football or do you just sort of get exposed to it here and there as a guy who lives in Texas? Yeah, it's kind of like that for college football. I follow like 
like professional football a little a little more. Uh, mm-hmm. But yeah, college football I know about mainly because of like the drama that surrounds it on Twitter and the internet. That's why I don't really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Also, I lived with Josh Dobb for like like years, and he is a huge like uh, college football fanatic. So I, a little bit of that rubbed off through him. Sure. Yeah. So I might ask you about some like football things throughout this. Right. I, will, I, but, I will uh, pretend to know. You know? <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, like this guy, he he has this like squeaky clean image. He's a hero at Notre Dame. Um, he's like he's their their standout player. Um, and then like his sort of myth gets even bigger his senior year because after his junior year, he has the option to. Uh, go enter into the NFL draft and he was seated to be a very high draft pick. Yeah. Um, but instead of doing that, he decided to come back to Notre Dame. So he was like the hero on campus. Like yeah. everybody was just like, this guy's amazing. Like he came, he came back for us. Like, yeah. and, and oh, I think man. that makes sense. Like based on what we know about him, which is like not a lot, but the things we know about him are that, like I said, his religion is very important to him. And also he's really, really close with his family. Yeah. So, I, I think he has that sort of familial loyalty, um, like very ingrained in him. Yeah. So, and like in from, I mean, I don't want to like give anything away, but like what happens to him? Like as far as I understand it, it's like he's really just gets victimized. You know, that's yeah. We'll yeah. we'll get into it, but the story of what happens to him, it does seem like somebody taking advantage of someone who is like very good hearted, yeah. but perhaps not super bright. Yeah. Kind of the vibe. So yeah, man. I, I, I can just see it just like, you're know, like a large family, religious background. And like, also like, like all of like a lot of the Simones I, I, I knew, cause I, I know quite a bit and like, like I've been like in that community, like, you know, pretty close to it. And like, they're very like sincere people, you know what I'm saying? And like, yeah. they're very, they're very on the level and they don't like, they don't bullshit you. They shoot you straight. They tell you what's up, and they expect you to do the same. The same to them. And I mean, I like. I know people say, "Well, it doesn't make them any different than most people," but it's very important in that community. And I can see Manny Manny Teo just being like, you know, I'm, I'm also I'm also butchering his name. My bad. But I can see that about him with the religious background, the large family, just having a trusting nature like that because he knows how good of a person he is, and he kind of just expects that from others. Yeah, and I also think I mean, there's like there's sort of different camps with football people and some of them are very sort of aggressive and troubled but I think that like there's this other kind of way to be a big man (laughs) that like that that makes you very gentle and like I I think somebody like he's an offensive lineman like he's a tough big dude yeah and I I think that people like that if they're not if they don't lean super into the aggressive thing a lot of them are like look, nobody's going to fuck with me, so I get to be really chill. Like, I don't... (laughs) Like, I I think a guy like that assumes that he's not going to get manipulated because, like, who is going to, like, step to somebody that big and tough? And, like, I I just know from talking to wrestlers, like, uh, there are definitely wrestlers like this where they're like, I know that I'm, like, physically very intimidating, so, like, I go out of my way to seem... to, like, be good and, like, be very like friendly and open and engaging because I know that like my physical presence makes people uncomfortable sometimes. So like I have to try to to work against that. So I'm projecting a lot on this guy, but it does seem like that is kind of maybe where he's coming from, where he has this kind of upbringing. Yeah. Well, I had a big, uh, I had a big ass Samoan friend named, uh, named Pocky and uh, like, and he would 
like he was hanging out with us one night, like in our neighborhood, and we were walking to the store, and he was like, "Oh damn!" He's like, "I don't." You think anybody's gonna try to mess with us? And I was like, "No, I think we'll be good." And he goes, "Oh, I guess they wouldn't mess with me because I'm with y'all, and y'all live here." I was like, "No, they're not gonna mess with us because you are here." Because <laughs> he's a giant yeah, man, yeah. dude. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so yeah, now we'll get into sort of what, why we're talking about this guy. Um, so as I said, going into his senior year, he's like a total hero. People are already like totally won the hearts of, of Notre Dame fans. Um, but then like partway through the season, he has like this extremely tragic experience that further endears him to uh, Notre Dame fans and, and kind of sports fans in general. Um, he, in September, uh, according to sports illustrated uh, within the span of six hours, he learned first that his grandmother had died, who again, he was very close with. Yeah. Um, and then within six hours, he learned that his girlfriend had passed away. Um, oh, not his, his girlfriend. girlfriend. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, no. I mean, if you know the story, uh, the girlfriend is fake. So we're going <laughs> to, everything I'm going to say, this is about a, a fictitious person, which we will get into, but... But this was how it was reported completely straight that like this, he had tragically lost his, his grandmother and his girlfriend uh, one after the other. And his girlfriend already had like a very tragic story. Yeah. I did that. Yeah. That, that poor woman, you know, like she, (laughs) (laughs) right. And, and like it again, kind of endeared him further to these people. Cause it's like, you know, he's not out there like crushing puss or whatever. He's devoted. (laughs) To this woman, and this woman, this woman, her name is Lene Kakua. She's 22 years old. She's a year older than him. And she's a Stanford grad uh, who had been around. It's sort of fuzzy, but like Sports Illustrated reports, like around the time they started dating, she'd been in a horrible car accident. And then while she was recovering from the car accident, she was diagnosed with leukemia. Ah. So <laughs> really did. dealt a bad yeah. hand, this woman. Yeah, it's, I believe that's what medical professionals call a twofer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the whole thing, just just a real, a real bummer. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, in this profile, the, the main profile that kind of goes through all of this was written by a guy named Pete Thamel. I don't know how to pronounce that. I looked up how to pronounce Manti Te'o and yeah. a couple other names in this, but not Pete Thamel. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that is funny. I was like, damn, that's, that's the one you didn't have the pronunciation for. <laughs> um, but, yeah, so in the, in this profile that uh, Pete writes of, of Manti, he says that um, – Teo would phone her every night in her hospital room and stay on the line with her as they slept, which is like so sweet and heartwarming. And uh, the article says, quote, her relatives told them or sorry, uh, her relatives told him at her lowest points as she fought to emerge from a coma, her breathing rate would increase at the sound of his voice, which is like, oh, Oh, soap opera. (laughs) Yeah. So. We do get a little bit of their alleged backstory in an article from the South Bend Tribune, which is obviously like where Notre Dame is located. Um, Teo and Kakua met after Stanford's 45-38 victory over Notre Dame in Palo Alto, according to the South Bend Tribune. Their stares got pleasantly tangled. Then Manti Teo extended his hand to the stranger with a warm smile and soulful eyes. Kakua, a Stanford student, swaps phone numbers with Manti. So... According to this telling, uh, which has quotes from Manti's father, uh, he says, they started out as just friends. Every once in a while, she would travel to Hawaii, and that happened to be the time Manti was home, so he would see her there. 
Uh, they eventually started dating uh, like a year or two after they allegedly met in early 2012. Um, sometime during the first part of 2012, different articles give different dates, which should have tipped someone off, but it's, I don't know, sports people, why would they check this stuff? They're reporting yeah. on football, you know? Yeah, yeah, um, yeah they, they mentioned like the, the, the budding relationship and they move on. Like they're not like, <laughs> that's, that's not the outlet to dig into the relationship stuff, you know? Right, exactly. So sometime in the first part of the year, Kakua has her car accident and it's discovered she has cancer. Um, now, so did, then, she, did she catch cancer in the car accident? That's a really good question. I wonder. That, I don't know. <laughs> like, I'm not, maybe I'm not like a doctor. Her, I don't know. Yeah, if you like break a bone or something, that's how the cancer gets in, you know? <laughs> the ashtray flew up in her face and it gave her cancer. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Sorry. That, yeah. She inhaled all the cigarette ash and, yeah, uh, and it was all over for her. That, kids, is why you don't smoke. <laughs> so after she passes away, um, like the football community and especially at Notre Dame immediately has this like outpouring of grief for her and support for Manti. Uh, there were charity funds started at Notre Dame donations poured in to uh, like foundations for leukemia research. Um, there's like all of these like Indiegogo campaigns for, for different leukemia foundations and stuff. Um, it's, you know, it's a big tragedy. Yeah. And it, again, like this is all known because he's the hero of this school and uh, the the article says, like, tragically, which this was, I feel like, the first tip off that somebody should have thought something uh, was uh, Teo's family was originally set to meet her like a month after she died. So, like, they all had plans to go to this Notre Dame. Game. <laughs> oh, he was finally going to introduce her. And uh, nope, turns out. She yeah. So, oh, man. And they were like, I it's all like genuinely excited to see this lady. That's oh man, that's that's yeah, crazy. And like, and again, I can't stress enough. Like, this was a huge story. It was like the story of that college football season. Yeah. It was like, uh, like I knew about this before the fraud comes about. Like, yeah. it was a huge story. And again, reported in Sports Illustrated in like a long profile. All of this stuff. So. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, it was a big deal. Yeah, you're right. Even before the the, the other side of it flipped out, I do. I remember hearing about this and like, you know, like, like just on the news. On every time Sports Illustrated or no, every time Sports Center was just playing and they would just talk about the talk of the day. Like that's all you they would hear about for like weeks. And it's interesting too. Like, and this is you know, a, I'm I'm just talking out of my ass here, but like it's interesting how I feel like usually these kinds of stories and these kinds of characters in football tend to be white quarterbacks like that tends to be who gets these kinds of narratives oh so it's yeah. very interesting to me that like this guy has this story of like what an amazing person he is like definitely sort of setting him up to be like uh of an nfl player that sells a lot of jerseys essentially yeah 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 the one who stays clean for his whole career right and he's a samoan lineman like yeah. that is very unusual to me yeah and yeah no, you're, I think you're it, right I think it really sucks that it's like the one of the rare times that happens, it turns out to be fraudulent because yeah. it's like they don't do that. that yeah. Much yeah. For those people, you know? Yeah. No, that, that is very true. And like, man, I, I know some, some details we're going to talk about. And it's just, uh, yeah, it's, it's wild. Yeah. So, uh, Kakua, when she passed away, she made Teo promise not to leave Notre Dame. 
you know, go on with your season. And uh, three days after her death, uh, he records 12 tackles in a win over Michigan State. And uh, a week later, on the night of her funeral, he launched, he notched two interceptions and forced two more in a win over Michigan. Wow, uh, God. Later saying that he sent the pair of picks to her along with the roses, which is very sweet. Oh, man. Um, like... That poor guy. <laughs> just I like, know. He's, like, I he's know. like coming back, like playing like the Jordan flu game and shit. Like, and it's just, you know, or, or like, uh, uh, who's that dude on the, uh, on the Pistons? His dad died in the game. Oh, and they, God. Didn't, they, didn't, they didn't tell, I forget the player, but it was like during the bad boy Pistons era and his dad, yeah. his dad died like during the game and they didn't tell him. So he's Jesus. on the court just like killing it having like one of the best games of his career and finds out after and like Ugh. yeah 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 and like it's just uh yeah it, it's it's wild you, you see that level of play that comes out of personal turmoil and like yeah no oh, man that's wild so yeah so he's like he's a hero uh the whole stadium is wearing lays to celebrate his hawaiian heritage Ugh. there's this like indelible image of him jumping into the stands after the win and uh, it's like a huge, again, a huge moment that like he's overcome this horrible personal tragedy to lead his team to, to victory. So he's quoted as saying in the Sports Illustrated article, um, this year has been bittersweet. From a football point of view, it's been everything I could ever imagine. Just to be undefeated, just that camaraderie around the team, it couldn't get any better. From the off the field standpoint, it's been hard. It's been really hard to deal with not only school, but my personal life. There's nothing I could say to explain it unless somebody's been there before. They've experienced loss, especially a loss of someone who's always there. Someone you communicated with every day. It's just hard. Which is like, oh, God. Yeah, like, this lady wasn't real. Yeah, like, it's, it's like, I don't, I don't know, like, where, like, I know there might be some, like, debate as to when he knew versus when he said it, if yes. I'm not mistaken. But, like, yes. like yeah, either Either way, I know that for him it was real for, like, uh, there was a time period where he thought that happened. You know, there like, was, yeah. I, yeah. I'm pretty confident in saying there is a time period in which he absolutely believed that this person existed and that she was dying. Yeah. It's unclear kind of when he figures it out. But it's, yeah, it's, it's yeah, wild. What, yeah, yeah, it's knowing what you know, you just hear him saying those things. You're just like, oh, man, dude. like <laughs> Yeah. It's it's rough. By the way, I didn't say at the beginning. Um, most of my sort of research from this comes from references used in a Deadspin article that uh, broke the story back in the day. It, it was published in like late December of uh, 2012. It's by Timothy Burke and Jack Dickey. I just wanted to to give a, a shout out to them. Yeah, didn't they like um, didn't they break it on Twitter or something like that? Like I I remember reading about. I, I definitely read the article and I was remembering if like if they had like kind of like laid it out in a Twitter thread or maybe I'm misremembering They may that. have. Yeah. Um, the, I just know the Deadspin article was the first place that they, like, it was published somewhere. Yeah. Um, yeah, so he, uh, he would later appear on ESPN's College Game Day to talk about the letters Kakua had written him during her illness. He'd send a heartfelt letter to the parents of a sick child discussing his experience with disease and grief. Again, seems like just a genuine, like, lovely pure-hearted person yeah um however as we have said this did not happen he did he did lose his grandmother um she died on september 11th 2012 she was 72 um but in fact checking all of this stuff uh that these deadspin articles find there is uh no record anywhere of a death of lene kakua uh her there's no documentation of a serious car accident involving anyone by that name there are no background checks that turn up anything 
Uh, the Stanford Registrar's Office has no record of anyone by that name. Man. So, do, do you think, like, yeah. obviously 2012 was still, like, well into, like, obviously, like, the digital age, people had smartphones, but I mean, it's how quickly everything moves. I feel like it was, if not easy back then, easier than it is now to get away with something yes. like this. Yeah, you know, it's just going to get, it's going to get less easy every year, but it feels like even back in 2012, like, I don't know, like, like this might have been one of the first large scale, hey, this person doesn't actually exist things that really broke. Yeah, I. it's interesting when I was reading this. So I, the movie Catfish came out in 2010. So there is sort of pop cultural uh, precedence for this kind of thing. Because that, I think, was the first sort of main thing that came out into the consciousness of somebody pretending to be yeah. somebody they were not on the internet. In, in sort of a, where people who aren't on the internet thought about it. Yeah, you know what yeah, I mean? yeah. And that was, yeah, that was like a year or two before this. I think they had started doing the sh- the MTV show, but like maybe just started doing the MTV show of Catfish. Yeah. So it's definitely like emerging in people's consciousness that this is happening. But you're right. Like the technology was such that it was much easier to pull off. Yeah. Like there was pretty much only Skype if you wanted to like video call somebody and it was oh, pretty yeah. easy for people to be like, Oh, my computer doesn't run Skype. Cause you had to have yeah. like a lot like good Wi-Fi and bandwidth and stuff um, like that. I remember one of the things, uh, uh, Oh no, I, I, am messaging off of a, I heard somebody say they're, they're messaging off of a, um, an iPod. Like, or, like, yep. like I, I'm running this app on an iPod. They don't have cameras. Right. You know, like, I don't yeah. have a, I don't have a smartphone. I just yeah, have yeah. a, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, I'm old fashioned, just a clamshell for me. <laughs> you know, like, right. But I can like post pictures like because I have the iPod with the camera. Or, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. That kind of thing. So, um, yeah, that's kind of where we are in terms of the development of technology. There's no FaceTime. Yeah. There's no like Instagram. It's yeah. Uh, there's a no like yo, time. there's no like yo drop a pin right now. Drop a pin. Screen that. Screenshot yeah. that shit. Let me see. <laughs> exactly. So I think it was a lot easier to kind of pull pull the wool over people's eyes, especially people who are not super online at that time. Um, which obviously like a college football player is not, he's very busy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. A college football player who actually cares about his education and his future. And shit, like. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so they, they find out there's like nobody named this. It, they can't find anybody anywhere. Um, the only things they have, they have a few social media accounts. Um, they do. I, I said Instagram didn't exist. Instagram did exist. It was just kind of in a very rudimentary way. Um, so she did have an Instagram, she had a Twitter and that was pretty much it. You ever go really far back on like your Instagram? Like I, I sometimes I, I, in the past, I believe we just go back and look at my first couple photos and like, I was still using like borders around the things. They all have weird <laughs> frames on them. Yeah. That was like old Instagram. That's, yeah. that was the classic. Yeah. All the, all the borders and like really dramatic filters and stuff yeah yeah it's, man. Uh, it's a different world shout out dude yeah i i i had put i had taken a picture of some weed with that with, with instagram nice and I, yeah i showed my cousin and it looks all crazy and my cousin was like damn bro that's crazy our technology is getting that it makes weed look like that <laughs> i just remember that was a, a funny reaction to that photo to me i was like yeah that, that is weird technologies there kenny <laughs> So, um, yeah, they have, like, Twitter and Instagram and, like, nothing else linking any real-life person to these accounts. Um, but, you know, again, it was, like, all over the news. It was uh, reported in, in all of these publications about, about this person. Um, but they clear, like, from what the Deadspin reporters can find, um, 
The beginning of their relationship apparently occurred on Twitter in October of 2011. So like late, uh, allegedly they started dating in the beginning of 2012. So this is, they like he said they met in 2009. They didn't really meet until Twitter 2011. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh-oh. Manti. <laughs> <laughs> and they just, they had like a couple interactions. That's how they, that's how they date it is uh, like on October 10th, 2011, they go back and forth and say like, oh, it was nice to meet you or something like that. Um, but that's kind of it. And then they uh, like, they have a few like sort of flirty interactions. And uh, by January, 2012, he is saying that they're a couple um he sprinkles the hashtag lmk for Lene marie kukua which is allegedly her name through his twitter timeline um so they are like publicly a couple um the her twitter was private so we don't really know like what she was saying yeah sounds um, sounds pretty sus bro <laughs> <laughs> And like she, I I think the reason it wasn't sus to anybody at the time was she she changed her avatars a lot, and it was all the same woman. Like this was a person, which yeah. we will talk about. So the images of Lene Kakua are one specific woman, uh, who the Deadspin article names Reba. That's her alias. Um, she was from Torrance, California. And um, most of the images have been modified in a way that prevents reverse image searching. I don't know if that's intentional or if it's just like we said, putting bullshit filters on everything because yeah. of Instagram. <laughs> like, <Yeah. laughs> um, but yeah, the Deadspin people are able to figure it out. And uh, that like they bring it to this woman, Reba, and she's just like, holy shit, like this is really weird. Like these are mostly from my Facebook um, but there's one picture that I only sent to one person that's on here. So that's kind of where they take their lead. That's where they're yeah. like, okay. Um, oh, yeah, this is a break in the case. I like it. A break in the case. So she had taken that picture in December 2011 and sent it directly to an old high school acquaintance. The two hadn't talked since graduation, but the classmate, who Reba remembered fondly, contacted her on Facebook with a somewhat convoluted request. Uh, so this is what he tells her of why he needs the picture. His cousin had been in a car accident and had seen her photos before and thought she was pretty. <laughs> Would she mind taking a picture of herself holding up a sign reading MSMK to put in a slideshow to support the cousin's recovery? Um, we still don't know what MSMK means, but to me, it sounds like a take a picture of yourself right now <laughs> yeah. holding up a sign that says MSMK. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. Just like a complete. Well, do you think it like it um it has anything to do with like Manti s supports? <laughs> I don't know why I'm trying to go in now. Like, yeah, yeah, I don't know. I like <laughs> send me a picture. Could... Send me a picture of you holding a sign that says MS MSTK three thousand. <laughs> right. <laughs> I'm assuming like maybe it was like an inside joke. Like we really we have no idea. Yeah. Um but but she's like I know I just sent that to that guy. Like I don't I know. Bet you, I don't know I where bet it ended you she up. I bet you she maybe he told um he told Manti like something and like set up the inside joke there and then had her you know you know what I'm saying like I don't know. Yeah. Like hmm, yeah, I wonder what that is. I wonder what this guy said. That, that, that's that's interesting. Well, we'll ne there's a lot of stuff in here that's kind of mysterious that we'll we'll probably never get to the bottom of. We'll never that, know. And that is one of them. Um but yeah, like she's just like Okay, this is really weird. 
Um, but she Googles Lene Kakua and sort of does her own reading and she starts to kind of figure things out. Um, so we'll get to why she figured them out in a second, but she called up the classmate who, uh, took the, who asked for the photo and was like, what the heck, man? (laughs) Like, what, you know? And he basically gets all shifty and is like, wow, yeah, that's really weird. That's that's very concerning. You know? <laughs> that is odd, yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, he reacts with, like, alarm. Um, yeah. But then he gets, like, very shifty and is like, don't worry about it. It's f- whatever. Yeah. Um, so, like, moments, she says, moments after the phone call, Reba's picture was removed from Lene's Twitter profile. Uh, then, in a series of lengthy phone calls, Reba told us everything she knew about the classmate. Uh, a star high school quarterback turned religious musician named Ronai Tuisasopo. Thank oh, you. Uh, Tuias- <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I got, uh, there's a, three, a couple siblings that went to my school. Tuisasopo, Daniel Tuisasopo. Tuisasopo, okay. Yeah, they, they were, uh, Daniel Tuisasopo was supposed to be like a huge football player uh, out of Copper's Cove. And he, again, also very religious. And now he's a police officer. You know what? They are probably related because I actually I don't know if that's true. This might be a very common uh, yeah. Simone last name, but like uh, we Ronai Tuisosopo comes from like a football a dynastic football family and it's huge. Yeah. So like it could very well be that these people are related. Um, yeah, it could, yeah, it could be. But Tuisosopo's man, yeah, they're like they were all like they were super like super cool popular kids who are also just good people very decent like and also very christian mm-hmm. they were in, like the fellowship of christian athletes and stuff anyways my bad a little little tuyasa sopo connection there <laughs> well no you've said it a bunch of times so now i won't get freaked out about pronouncing it so yeah, yeah 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 <laughs> um because yeah i was a little nervous about that first time no, yeah, but, you uh, pretty much, yeah you got it <laughs> but yeah so he's from a huge football family he has relatives that have played and coached for multiple college and nfl teams um the, like the the Deadspin article lists them all. It's a t- a ton. It's like a huge huge family. There was I remember when this came out. There was some speculation of he he may be related to Manti Teo as well. Like th- again, just a really big sprawling family. Mm-hmm. They they might be cousins. There's like I, I remember him being reported at the time as as Manti's cousin, but I don't know if that ever was substantiated or anything. But but yeah, like. Ronai himself had uh, football prospects when he was in in high school. He was a starting quarterback. He has this amazing football pedigree. Um, He had some collegiate interest, but nothing ever really materialized. Uh, And when high school ended, he um, got really, really involved with his father's church. His father's a pastor um, at uh, a church in, in California where he lived. And... Uh, Ronaya leads the church's band at this point. He gets like really into the the religious music. He has like a YouTube channel where he posts his songs. He does some secular songs, some religious songs. Um, it doesn't really take off or anything. Like the article says, his top single only has ten Facebook likes at the time. It's <laughs> um, polite of them to call it a top single, though. You know, <laughs> like this. But they, yeah. They, they, I like the way they spin it. They do a nice sort of reveal here at the end. They say his top single only has 10 Facebook likes, a fairly low figure that seems especially low once one considers who plugged to us a Sopo's single on Twitter in December 2011. Manti Teo. Uh, Pumped this guy up. Gave him a plug. (laughs) Oh, man. Through through the little hang 10 sign shit they've been doing. He's just like, yo, check out my bro. Like, let's, oh. Yeah. That's exactly what he did. And, 
And that's, again, how they start to establish that these two people know each other. They've definitely met. Yeah. Um, they, like, are friendly on Twitter. Um, Chuesa Sopo mentions he was going to Hawaii, and Teo writes, like, you gotta come, you gotta come to hang out with me. Uh, in June, Teo wished him a happy birthday. Uh, it's again sort of unclear how they met or how they know each other they might be related doesn't he just... doesn't he throw some word out that's like it, it it can mean family but like it was the debate was like oh well it means family just in like you're like hey you're my fam bro but it, i i, I remember them saying something like one of the tweets that he sent to him was like it was it was like a samoan word and it, and it could be taken as family and they're like oh so that does mean y'all are related i don't know maybe i'm misremembering my bad yeah no that's that's in here like he says he said he calls him sole or sole, that's what it was s-o-l-e yeah. And, like, this article just says that basically means bro. Basically. Oh, okay, okay. So, like, it could, again, like, bro could yeah. mean, like, family or it could just be, like, my pal. Yeah, because so, I got, like, my bros who are, like, my bros, and I have my bro who's, like, my <laughs> grandma and my sister, you know? <laughs> exactly, exactly. So, there's that, and then there's also another weird coincidence here. Um, Chuasa Sopo had been in a car accident a month before... Linnae Kakua is supposed to be. these things so are... There's a parallel there. These things are getting everybody, man. They gotta... <laughs> right? You gotta get, be careful. Get, get these things off the road. Come on. They're just mowing people down left and right. <laughs> so Deadspin goes and asks the people sort of around to ask the Sopo to see uh, y- y- what they thought. And y- they're, like, pretty much confirmed that, yes, this this is this guy. Um he created Lene in 2008, so several years before he God. and Manti Teo started online relationship. Imagine just having a catfish a, bur- a catfish burner on deck that you've been cultivating for years. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, uh-oh, time to go break out Linnea. <laughs> like, he just has her ready to go. Which might be, again, another reason he didn't, Manti Teo didn't catch on right away, is, like, if this account is old and has, like, a lot of tweets or whatever. Yeah. Like... You wouldn't necessarily think somebody created it to entrap you, you know? Yeah. I, was, I don't think Manti Teo would ever think anyone would do that to anyone. You know? <laughs> yeah, just, that's true. He's like, what, somebody did something with ill will? Hmm, doesn't check out. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, apparently there had been several marks before Manti Teo that had been ensnared uh, by this false identity. Oh, no. You gotta, yo, what's your, what's your catfish account's body count? <laughs> right. <laughs> That's like what this guy had. He was racking yeah. up a catfish body. Pack. How many bodies you got, Lavea? Come on, like yeah, spill the tea. <laughs> <laughs> so like, they did, never went as long as they did with Manti, though. They all figured it out. Like yeah, uh, <laughs> they, all, they all figured it out. That sucks. That sucks for him, man. It sucks so bad. Like there was one guy that they that uh, Lene Kakua had 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 relations with online, um, but then members of his family grew suspicious because they were like oh have you talked to her on the phone and he'd be like yeah she's never around like i can never reach her and they're like yeah that's a that's not a real person so (laughs) uh it also said wherever one expected Lene to be ronaya was there instead so like yeah these people are clearly tied together this Lene kakula this ronaya to asasopo wherever she was supposed to be like so he'd be like he would set up to go meet her and he'd get there he's like oh damn she's not here but ronaya would be there I, I don't know. They don't elaborate, yeah. but, like, I'm assuming it was maybe, like, she'd tweet about, like, being at, like, a football game or something, and 
he would be there. You know what oh, I mean? Yeah, yeah, like, I gotcha, I, I'm yeah. guessing that kind of thing. I thought it was like like, like um, the third time straight, like he went to go meet like an old girl, like you know, like on a Whataburger <laughs> or something. Like Renaya was there instead. He's like, oh shit! Well, what are the odds? I guess we'll just hang out. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh no! Well, since you're not doing anything, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, <laughs> so I got stood up by this Lamai. I tell you, she's on thin ice with me, bro. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, things kind of like really start to fall apart. Um, a few months after Lene Kakua allegedly dies, um, Ronaya invented a sister. So Lene's sister is now on Twitter. And uh, <laughs> this is this is like one of the funniest things in this story to me is Manti Teo tells everybody to follow her. He's like, and again, everybody knows about Lene. So he's like, hey, follow this Twitter account. It's Lene's sister. She's, quote, one of the realest people I know, which is so <laughs> funny. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man! Also, I bet of home- all the words yeah, to yeah. use to describe her, like it's so funny. I feel so bad for him, but it's so funny. Man, that that's <laughs> that. Yeah, like also, like I bet homeboy like Renai, like that's the last thing he wanted was a ton of follows from the sister account. You know, like that was probably had a specific purpose for him to support some kind of lie. And then, like he's like, "Yo, go fo- go follow her." And he's like, "Oh, hey, well, hold on, don't you know?" Like just getting all those like following requests. I, I bet that wasn't in his. His playbook, yeah. I imagine. That's, like, exactly what happened. So, like, again, introduced to this huge football community as Lene Kikua's sister. So the account starts getting a barrage of DMs of condolences. Because, like, according to the the narrative at the time, like, this is a, a girl whose sister tragically passed away a few weeks ago. Yeah. So, like... He's telling everyone to follow her. So all these people are like, I'm so sorry. Your sister, you know, seemed like such a lovely person, whatever. And uh, the account is just like really weird and like doesn't seem like the account of a person who is grieving a family member. Yeah, it's just like, thanks, uh, dog. (laughs) And so that account eventually gets caught stealing pictures. That account was also stealing pictures, obviously. And um, the, the account is eventually deleted. So there's like a documented catfish involved in some part of the story that somehow Manti Teo yeah. thought was a real person. So like, that's a, yeah. that's a bad sign. So, you know? so she, so like, the account got deleted and like, oh, it would have been like, damn, RIP to a real one. <laughs> yeah, exactly. RIP to a real one. Just the one phrase that does not apply in this situation. RIP to a fake one. Yeah. yeah. RIP to a fake one, bro. One love. <laughs> So, like, when this first came out, again, the thing was, like, he had to have known. Like, yeah. Man- Manti had to have known because, like, how is he big upping the sister who's not real? Like, there's just so many points at which you would assume somebody would know. Yeah. Inventing the whole story about how they met in 2009 in person. Like, yeah. all of that stuff, it just seems like, how could he have not do you known? Think, so, do you think it was, in a, it, like, basically, like... It was a matter of like like he got catfished like he really did get fooled. The story broke to the media, and he kind of like I actually I think that might be actually what he said happened is either going forward and he yeah, yeah. I'm gonna okay. I'm gonna read his state I'm gonna read his statement yeah um but like when this first came out before he had issued a statement the Deadspin article posited that maybe he had come up with this with Ronaya as like a scheme themselves for publicity which I think is very cynical based on everything we know about this guy yeah like he seems like a lovely person but that's kind of Deadspin's like mo so. yeah yeah and and not like a crazy thing to think because again it is like 
how could he not have known? Yeah. But I, I think I, yeah. So I'm going to read his statement. Um, and then we're almost at the end. I have a few more things to say, but this is kind of the first, he, he did a press conference. He went on like Katie Couric. He did a media tour after this, but this is the first thing he says. Um, This is incredibly embarrassing to talk about, but over an extended period of time, I developed an emotional relationship with a woman I met online. We maintained what I thought to be an authentic relationship by communicating frequently online and on the phone, and I grew to care deeply about her. To realize that I was the victim of what was apparently someone's sick joke and constant lies was and is painful and humiliating. It further pains me that the grief I felt and the sympathies expressed to me at the time of my grandmother's death in September were in any way deepened by what I believe to be another significant loss in my life. I'm enormously grateful to the support of my family, friends, and Notre Dame fans throughout this year. To think that I shared with them my happiness about my relationship and details that I thought to be true about her just makes me sick. I hope that people can understand how trying and confusing this whole experience has been. In retrospect, I obviously should have been much more cautious. If anything good comes of this, I hope it is that others will be far more guarded when they engage with people online than I was. Fortunately, I have many wonderful things in my life, and I'm looking forward to putting this painful experience behind me as I focus on preparing for the NFL draft. Which, like, that's a great fucking statement. Yeah, damn. That is <laughs> yeah, 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 really right? good. Damn. Yeah. Nimble. yeah, you could tell he was, like, at practice doing the footwork drills with that one, man. He was moving. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I'm, he probably ran it by a few people before he published yeah. it, but it is, it is, it is really right. Yeah, and, no, pretty, and, pretty and slick think... for a guy who got freaking catfished. Ah, <laughs> get over here, man. I just give him a noogie. <laughs> <laughs> so another thing he did was, which I think is like, it, it makes perfect sense that he did it, but it's like, it really funny to me just when you think about what is really going on. He played voicemails left by Lene on TV to basically yeah, be like, yeah. dude, that sounds like a chick, right? Like, I'm not crazy. Dude, you'd fuck. Come on. Yeah, don't tell me you wouldn't, bro. Like, come on. Exactly. Exactly. I just think it's so funny. But, yeah. like, obviously I know what he's doing, but it is kind of like, come on. Yeah, yeah. That's a lady. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> So here's like my my conspiracy theory about this is that I, I think the statement is genuine, but I do think he realized I think he realized around the time that she quote unquote died. Like that's yeah. my that's my guess. Like Oh yeah, for sure. I, I totally agree with you. I, I and I I think he I, I, I think the reason he made up all that other stuff about like meeting at Stanford or whatever is just because he was embarrassed. Yeah. Like he was embarrassed about meeting somebody online first, yep. and then he was embarrassed about getting tricked by somebody online. And I, as a twenty-one-year-old kid, like I can't blame him. Mm-hmm. I get what. What do you do? Yeah, you yeah, well, yeah. And, and, you, and you think like you know, you, you probably over um, overestimated his ability to cover that up. You know, and and yeah. It like, I guess too. what I'm saying is I don't think he found out when Deadspin found out. Oh, I of think course. he found yeah, out yeah. earlier. Yeah, you know? he, he thought he was going to be able to keep it going. And, like, he probably thought it was smarter. Again, yeah, like like young kid shit. He probably thought it was smarter to keep it going and not rock the boat than to, you know, right. yeah, to come out. And, like, again, again, it is very embarrassing with his background. You know, like, he he's a, like, you know, he's a, a religious person, like, and he's very dedicated to his religion. And then people are going to start asking things like, you know, questions that he probably doesn't want to answer and are embarrassing. It's, yeah, it's, it's rough. Yeah. Man. And, and especially like, he's like writing letters to parents with kids with yeah. cancer. Like he's getting all this information about how inspiring he is to people. Like yeah. he, I'm sure he doesn't want to disrupt that. Oh so. yeah. That's very true. Yeah. 
so yeah, he he. Uh, in addition to this media tour, Ronaya Tuasasopo also do- does some media. He goes on Doctor Phil, um, and this is the part of the story that is like the, the Manti Teo stuff is heartbreaking, but the Ronaya Tuasasopo stuff is also really really sad because like we've I don't know he's not Mormon, but he's again very religious. Yeah, and it ultimately seems like this guy is at best sexually confused. Yeah. Probably, (laughs) probably gay. Yeah. And like he says on Dr. Phil that he was in love with Manti and that's why he did this. He had romantic feelings for him. And he says, this is like the saddest thing to me. He says on Dr. Phil, You've heard of recovering drug addicts. It takes a lot of courage to recover from homosexuality, which is like, oh, dude. Damn. Yeah. Like, yeah. That's, that's you can just be with a guy. You don't have to catfish a straight dude. Yeah. Like there are plenty. Dude, do you know how many gay dudes would be like you were a quarterback? <laughs> you were a starting quarterback and then a church yeah. uh, like and then you ran a church and now you want to hook up. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it, it seems like a, like I don't know the numbers on this, but I would say a lot of dudes who are ashamed of being gay would mop up in the gay community you know what I'm saying like they would really be out there just wrecking shop like doing the damn thing and that's uh people love people shame makes people so horny yeah like they oh, love yeah, it dude it's- Man, I, remember, uh, I was I went to uh the Iron Bear one time uh with my mm-hmm. with my girlfriend uh my ex-girlfriend and um one of her yeah I used to do karaoke there after a new movement yeah time. yeah one of her, her, her gay co-workers and I went in there and they they dipped off to go to their thing and I was just standing there at the bar and like this like I started realizing i didn't know it was like a bear bar and i was just like sitting, i was like oh shit okay and I, like, I was just like i might you know be in demand here and then this guy came up and bought a drink and he like lingered next to me for a little bit he's like what's up i was like hey what's up man and then he like just didn't say anything and walked off and i was like oh i've been i've done that <laughs> i was like I've, I've gone up to a girl at a bar and like bought a drink like not, you know, not, not bought one for her but just bought my own and lingered there for a second and been like just took a little temperature check yeah yeah okay all. i'm out yeah and i was just like all right all right player good luck you know <laughs> Yeah, I mean, that's like, that's what's so sad about this is that, like, it ultimately is whether he was, like, really, you know, in love with Manti Teo or just kind of experimenting with uh, this idea of, like, being in love with a man. Like, he says, uh, Dr. Phil said, um, uh, I asked him straight up, was this a romantic relationship for you? And he says, yes. And I said, are you then therefore gay? And he said, when you put it that way, yes. <laughs> then he caught himself and said, I'm confused, which is just like, dude, yeah. pl- that sucks, man. Yeah, like, man. Yeah, that, I feel like there are no real good reasons to catfish somebody, but this one is like, it's one of the ones that is more sympathetic. Yeah, of, co- of course. Yeah, because you're like, there's no other outlet where he can like play out these feelings in his head that, that that's acceptable and safe to him you know like everything the actually going out and like starting a relationship with, with a with a guy is probably like that's fantasy to him that will never happen and so right. yeah so this is the only way he has to play that out in his head and it's like you, you got to think like would if he wasn't in like a hyper religious community would he feel that way if he wasn't in a right. hyper traditional kind of like first generation community like would he feel that way 
And yeah, it's just they're just like football. People. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> there are so many. Yeah, he was. Th- there's so many things working against him being able to just live his life openly as a gay man. Yeah, <laughs> like, just at the Venn diagram of just like every disadvantage <laughs> like to being gay. Like, yeah, yeah. So I I don't know what what became of him. I hope he is living a happy and private life. Uh, but I I felt like it would be weird to like work really hard to find him. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I yeah. hope he's okay. Didn't he? Um, uh, didn't he? Um, did he do the voice on Doctor Phil? No, that was the. There's like one sort of loose end here, which is that he was like pressured to do the voice, but wouldn't do the voice, and so. There's still some question of like, some people say he got a female cousin to do the voice. Some people said it was him. He was sort of cagey about it. Like first he said it was him, then he said it was his cousin. Like my thing on that is is like I, I wouldn't want footage of me out there doing that voice. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) yeah, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) So that's like I can understand why there's not. Yeah, that that could very well be be a reason. Um, but yeah, I do want to end this on a more upbeat note. Um, in October, Manti Teo got married to a real lady. Oh, that's uh, what's up. Oh, he's like he got, yeah. he got married, and, and he can't wait to meet her in March. You know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, once the pandemic's over, yeah. they're gonna meet. It's gonna be great. Once her brother um, is put back on the throne of Nigeria. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. Um, but yeah, he uh, he's played for multiple NFL teams. Um, his NFL career hasn't been as you know uh, decorated as as his college career, but he's definitely making a good living, and he yeah. has a has a new wife, and man. it seems like he's really put this stuff behind him. So yeah. good for him. But man, what a what a wild time! Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> do we do we include him in like the burgeoning new group that we have of like like Ulysses S. Grant of the Marks? You know, like, it's just. He's absolutely a yeah, mark. So we are, like, no question he's a mark. <laughs> so, so yeah. Manny Teo, did you ever think you'd see Manny Teo and Ulysses S. Grant in the same category? <laughs> no, folks. And this is the show that does it for you. <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> uh, yeah, so that's that's all I have for you today. Um, good luck to both of the protagonists in this <laughs> Yeah, 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 for real, man. I hope y'all are doing good. Uh, uh, worth it? No, obviously not. Like, none of that was worth it. Don't, don't do don't it. Don't do yeah. it. Yeah, <laughs> Yeah. Just like be gay. Yeah, yeah. Right. <laughs> just, yeah, just yeah, just be gay or be Mormon, whatever you want to be, man. Um, yeah. So yeah, uh, yeah, guys, thanks for tuning in. Um, my, uh, we do this, you know, we do one episode a month on the free feed. We also have a Patreon. Uh, it's where we do two extra episodes a month, and you can go follow us there. It's uh, lie, cheat, and steal. Yes, oh. uh, patreon.com oh. slash lie, cheat, and steal. Yes. Uh, we just finished a series on Purdue Pharma, so that's a two-parter that just went up. So definitely check that out. We have a ton of episodes on there. Like, as soon as you sign up, I think we have, like, 30 or 40 bonus. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, thank you so much. So, yeah, so, guys, thanks for coming out. Also, we do have T-shirts available, uh, right? Yeah, yeah, so we... Uh, yeah. We might. We might. We'll... Talk to us about T-shirts, and uh, we will we will hook you up if we have some available as well. Pre-order has officially ended, but we will have extras in most sizes. Yeah, cool. Well, all right, guys. Uh, thank you very much for uh, you know for tuning in and listening. Like I said, you can find us all at those places. I'm on Twitter at pztx p e e z y t x, and we're on Twitter with the podcast at lcs podcast uh, at Twitter. Yeah, and uh, I have another podcast called What a Time to Be Alive that comes out every week. 
Uh, if you like dumb, funny news stories, check that out. And uh, I think that's it. Yeah. Thanks, everybody. Yeah, guys, thanks for tuning in. Uh, you know, check us out out there. Be safe. Uh, don't catch COVID. And uh, also, don't get caught. Don't get caught. See you next time. Bye. Bye.